Hi guys, the following episode of Chisky Pop contains mature language and sexual content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Jasjot Singh Hans and you're listening to Chisky Pop. <laughs> Papu. And this is Sweetie. And you're listening to Chisky Pop, your bi-weekly dose of all things sexy, desi, funny, and filmy. Coming up on episode 52, this week, our spring into March episode Did you notice what I just did there? It's all about stopping to smell the flowers, literally and figuratively, and finding ways to feel less overwhelmed. If life around you has generally been feeling shit, then let me tell you something. Shit makes great manure, and that is great for growing flowers. This month, we're going to focus about rising above. All that is keeping you down is the bombardment of links, think pieces, book and music recommendations, we will be talking about the art of thoughtful consumption. And stay right with us till the end because we have a special guest, artist extraordinaire Just Jod Singh Hans. How are you doing? Happy spring, Happy yeah. spring. Oh my god, it's already yeah, just two weeks to go for March. How is it that every month after January just goes so fast? I think because we're working. I'm telling you it has to do with work. It's like I start with Monday and the day ends on Friday night. That's how it feels like to me. I know, right? And it's just suddenly like Groundhog Day. Exactly. And it feels like... Th- you know, my weeks feel like three days long because of that. And it's very frustrating. So time just goes by super fast. Yeah, it's like you almost miss the time when you were, you know, in school and you had time to idle away and time to get bored. Getting bored is such a luxury, you know. I mean, it's it's such a luxury. So, Papu, in addition to it being the month of spring and your birthday month, Batch, uh, it was also Women's Day. Women's Day this month is it wait is it do we get a month or do we get a day i always mess up on this we kind of get a day and um do you know when is, when is men's day what do men have to celebrate about yeah so men's day men have uh saturday sunday monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday oh yeah. is that what men's day is every day is men's day <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I that was the. How joke. long have you had that joke um, in, like, in your pocket, Papu? <laughs> That's such a mom joke. I love it. <laughs> so every day is Men's Day. Uh, so Papu, like, tell us what do you men's think of day. Men's Day? Men's Day. Men's. So Papu, tell us what do you think of International Women's Day? Is it important? Do we need a day? 
Like, how, how do you celebrate this well, day? Well, for me, I think it's important. I mean, there are people who kind of grumble about it and say, um, I'm not going to talk about them. But I'll uh, talk about myself. Um, I feel it is important because it gives you a platform uh, for activists, actually, to uh, organize themselves and talk about hmm women's rights and further their cause and you know amplify our voices but at the same time for someone like me if I'm not participating in a protest or anything I've never done that actually for where I live there are no such things as protests but anyways uh, for the way I would celebrate it is um, support uh, women-owned businesses uh, or and First of all, also try to educate myself. So celebrate art, culture, music, which is created by women. Um, go to the uh, museum if they're having, you know, like a retrospective of a famous women artist or uh, participate in any events that are happening around in the community. Um, hopefully they would have many of those um, to go along with the Women's Day thing. So that's how I would, and if not, then I would curate my own experience by seeking out works of art. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, if I had a day to myself, I would uh, probably like, I don't know, read some really good poetry. And uh, yeah, that's, I mean, just go to the museum. Thanks, Bapu. This sounds like it was supposed to be an incredibly intense day. I didn't do shit for International Women's Day. I just wished all the women in my life happy Women's Day. But that's about we didn't it. get enough. Did you Did you get an, a day off for that? No. Are we supposed to? Should We should have gotten a day off, you're right. Yeah, I mean, ideally to, to, to celebrate it well, I mean, you need a day off and... And again, a day off is not meant to be like, oh, okay, they want a day off. Oh, they just want to slack off and go shopping. Okay, yeah, shopping is going to be there, but you're also going to have time to do the things that I described. You know, for example, go to the museum or go to an art gallery. Maybe next year we should just plan to take an off, Papu, on on our work day. Call in and be like, (laughs) I think my period has started. (laughs) Can't come to work. And then on Women's Day, all our pictures will be posted up on Instagram of us just like doing awesome stuff, <laughs> celebrating womanhood. <laughs> by the way, Women's Day is also, can also be celebrated by those who identify as women as well. So we want to make that very clear. It's for yes. it's for women, for the women in our lives, and for those that also identify as women. So just celebrating womanhood with in general. and without vaginas. Exactly. You've really given our listeners some good tips on how to celebrate Women's Day. So next year, guys, everyone's going to be in their period at the same time on march 8th let's aim for this gonna start a revolution (laughs) (laughs) so a couple of things happen around the world to mark international women's day first of all the year's theme is hashtag press for progress okay which is a call to action to press forward and progress under gender parity so women essentially wore purple which i am learning only now is the official color of international women's day that's awesome. I'm glad it's not pink. Yeah, purple is also the Thank color God. of royalty. Oh, damn it. Awesome. And uh, a lot of uh, uh, people participated in events and marches held around uh, the globe. And also, get this, a female or women Pakistani officers held a march at the police headquarters in Islamabad to challenge the taboo against women joining the forces. Holy cow, that is effing badass. People talk about men in, I know, this is like, 
fetishizing and you know so men in uniform have you seen a woman in uniform you know how powerful she looks yes she looks very powerful we actually have a lot of police women here in vancouver and there's been times where i've just seen them like on a run after somebody that totally happens here it's mm. crazy and i was like damn that woman is badass get that guy girl like <laughs> anyway um so also um in india girls and women's has joined a march in delhi to protest against domestic violence and sexual assault because according to the national crime records bureau crimes against women have increased by 34% between 2011 and 2015 that's really no shit. Um, a lot yeah a lot. no shit <laughs> seriously so, and then yeah, in I'm, spain I'm glad that these women, women held a 24 yeah. hour feminist strike to protest against the gender pay gap and gender violence and transport operators journalists and politicians are all taking part in this this is amazing and then again staying uh, in europe uh, in milan italy thousands of students marched in front of hospitals protesting against italian doctors refusing to perform abortions even though it is legal in Italy. Yeah, so these are great examples of how women around the world use this day to grab the mic and the platform to voice their problems and issues. All right, so shall we switch to a very important cause or a very important thing that also happened this month? Uh yeah. might I say the Oscars? Oh, yeah. The holy grail of the awards season. Did you even watch the Oscars? Because I didn't watch it. I was like not in the mood. They're too I, boring for no, me. You know what? Yeah, I, this year, I, I didn't feel like it. I just didn't feel like it. I know there was a lot of representation, lots of color, lots of women. Uh, but I just didn't feel like it. I guess because last year was such a tire fire in every other way. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's because like any, it's just losing... it's it's like it's losing its grandeur or something you know i feel find it very meh and i already know i already know that they weren't going to give get out the award so i was like f- this shit like why even bother watching it but hey yeah. the movie on on fish f-ing one sorry i'm joking i'm completely reduced <laughs> that movie to- <laughs> it's called f-ing nemo just kidding um it's called uh, the shape of water actually took all the awards which is pretty amazing. Uh I That's did not see amazing. that coming. Papu, what is your thought on the fact that the shape of water won you know, most of the awards? Uh, you know, a uh, weird thing is last night I had a dream which was kind of I was trying to make sense Papu, of it. Papu, where are you phone. going with this? Okay, really quickly before she goes I on with her dream. dream. No, no, no. So this movie <laughs> Shape of Water is the story about a woman who basically essentially has sex with a fish man. And so Please tell us more about this dream that was inspired by the shape of water. Now now continue. Oh. <laughs> um, well, I I think I, I don't remember the story uh, and it, it's kind of hazy for me, but it basically translated into me uh finding yeah, finding someone and in then the water and find morphing a into yeah, morphing into something that can, you know, leave earth and can survive in water which is basically the same thing um yeah somewhere it kind of lodged into my it lodged into my unconscious mind i think Uh, that movie was very beautiful i was very surprised that the oscars picked it i thought it was definitely not it wasn't like they usually like to pick stuff that makes them feel good about themselves like you know yeah. movies like crash or something to do with war um but no they straight yeah. up picked fish f-ing. very righteous exactly i was just like okay you know so i i was like kind of impressed 
a little bit. I was like, okay, okay, fine. And apparently, by the way, most of the judges on the the panel didn't even watch Get Out, so uh, that's oh, probably why it? why it didn't win. Uh, yes. Uh, how are they allowed to, uh, you know, vote for something? That, well, that's what happens when, in animation. They only the most of these judges don't even watch the animated films, so they only pick the one that they they hear, think is the most popular. Um, so, um, well, I was happy that. Coco took two awards because for me I watched the movie twice and it made me cry because you know it reminded me of my granddad and about how um, you know uh, the message overall message is like you know uh, the most important legacy that you leave behind after you die is your memories and how people remember you and what you know, uh, what comes to their mind when they think of you. So always, you know, leave a good legacy. Um, I tried watching Coco. This is like, I try giving Pixar movies and Disney movies a chance and I keep just falling asleep. Which is like, so here's the thing with Pixar movies. This is officially the third movie after Toy Story 3, after Up, where the villain ends up being a really nice guy. And then, oh, plot twist. He's super evil. Oh, I didn't see that coming. Who knew? Spoiler alerts to anybody. So I already saw that coming a mile away because I know Pixar's formula. But the colors were amazing. I'm, I'm all yeah. about seeing brown people on, on the screen. So I was happy Coco won, mm. definitely. That was good. Yeah, and the boy is so cute. Uh, yeah, okay. So another, uh, if you have listened to our, uh, you know... Um, the last episode for 2017 where me and sweetie talk about our favorite movies and i think uh, i had mentioned uh, coco and blade runner 2049 and how those two movies made me very happy and i was happy that blade runner also won uh because i mean I, i'm a fan of the first one and the second one just blew my mind because it, it it you know when you love an original so much and they decide to make another one after how how long has it been 20 years i don't or know but all i have to say is that harrison ford's career is still rocking because of all these <laughs> these <laughs> new movies like he's still got a job every single yeah. time they're like let's make indiana jones again let's make blade runner again let's make star wars again what's up harrison ford you are not going anywhere so mm-hmm. yeah it's pretty awesome and jordan peele won one right for get that out that was it that's all they were going to give him they're like no we're not giving you anything else <laughs> take this one first ever black writer to win for uh, this particular yeah, nomination think about it is that that's ridiculous right for something what that why I is mean... it ridiculous we all know that hollywood is sexist and uh, racist and bollywood oh, yeah. is that times five thousand so we should never feel surprised so there was one thing that was interesting uh francis mcdormand won for best actress mm-hmm. uh for this movie called three billboards and then she gave this inclusion rider speech with by i had no effing oh, like papu had no idea what she was talking about i was just like inclusion what huh what she say? Yeah. And then even there was like a, there was like a pause in the applause. They were just like, okay, what is that? What the hell was she talking about? Okay, so a lot of people started googling it right after she gave the speech. So now, uh, simply put, it's a stipulation that actors and actresses can ask or demand to have inserted in their contract. I mean, so for example, if you're a, if you are a really famous actor who can uh, you know people have certain inclusions put into their uh, contract like divas like you know only have fresh fruit only put like no brown m&ms in my bowl stuff like that oh, but god i want to be at that diva status <laughs> one day 
we like we have Mariah Carey. Yes, exactly. I'm like I like want seven brown kittens in my room before I enter. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so the inclusion rider is where you include um uh, where you stipulate that there would be a certain level of diversity among the film's cast and crew so you would say that uh, at any time on any scene uh, for tertiary characters there should be at least 40% uh, you know uh, non white or things like that you know i'm just making it up but it it's, it gives uh, including this inclusion rider in their contract gives them the power to have uh, a say in uh, what kind of casting goes around and uh, yeah so uh, so actors and actresses uh, they can use their um, power to make sure that movies don't look the same just whitewashed you know in that way but did you know that uh, this inclusion rider was actually created by a brown woman so hey, specifically represent sorry represent desi girl yeah okay so her name is kalpana kutagal kalpana that's a beautiful name tell me yeah, more about kalpana name. i want to know kalpana is uh, he, creation meri kalpana my creation right yeah anyways uh, so kalpana kotagal along with uh, stacy smith uh, their attorneys they uh, created this specifically in uh, 2016 and in her words so that's the idea it allows those who already have the kind of bargaining power and the market power in the industry to, to say look we want to be part of the solution and one of the ways that we are going to drive that kind of change we want to see in the industry is to insist that projects that we work on are truly reflective of the world we live in so that is in her words of why she created this inclusion rider that's really cool so now i know what the hell inclusion rider is because when she said that i think i was lost and so was everyone else in the audience so that's really cool pappu yeah So shall we now move on to our main topic which you selected by the way Papadi Yes I I kind of She's been picking some very intense topics if you guys haven't noticed this is Papu's <laughs> eat pray love journey that we are all on <laughs> right now which I'm I'm happy to be on the ride girl I'm so happy to be on the ride So she picked this topic which is very intense because I was like hey Papu do you want to just like gossip about shit and stuff and she's like No, <laughs> I don't. I want to talk about thoughtful consumption, and I was like, "Okay, cool, thanks, all right." And I'm like, "What the <laughs> fuck is she talking about? Like, thoughtful cons? This is very intense. What the heck is thoughtful consumption, Papu? This is our topic that we're going with. Yeah, for the, well, for the episode. actually, um, I came across right before I spoke to you. I read this article on Man Repeller, um, and uh, oh, which I is this like, awesome oh. online. Uh, zine if you guys haven't checked yes. it out it's amazing uh, yeah it's a uh, it, it, they talk about fashion they talk about uh, a lot of things apart Feminism, from fashion also. they talk yeah. about art it's amazing it's a super um, awesome uh, online zine started by Leandra Medine and it's based out of New York and oh my god they're amazing super inclusive of all kinds of diverse women and people yeah. uh, so 
So you read an article on Man Repeller about thoughtful consumption. I feel like I need to talk in Deepak Chopra's voice every time I talk about this. <laughs> well, not exactly called that. It was called something else. And uh, in fact, if you Google thoughtful consumption, mostly you'll come across a website that talks about uh, thought. I mean, just being more con- conscientious when you're buying fashion, you know, or anything, consuming anything else, you know, making sure that you have the least amount of impact on uh, carbon footprint print left or something uh, but basically the for this article the author was kind of describing how she was feeling overwhelmed you know with the amount of information that was coming in her way and how she ended up feeling like a sponge uh, passively consuming things every day um, and you know like when she was describing her day how she goes about with her day just uh, you know listening to music uh, that has been curated in preference to her tastes uh, you know just reading different oh blogs yeah and so just like going on to your uh, online music app like Spotify or Ghana and just being like playing like greatest hits and yeah and uh, you know it's uh, it's like people would send you links okay you have to read this article and you have to uh, and you just do that because it, you don't want to have that fear of missing out so you you just do that and, right uh, at the end of the day you know you feel like all you're doing is just like a sponge and it, it whatever she said kind of really rung uh, true with me because that's what I was feeling like like uh, you know just on Instagram also I had barely posted anything for two months not that it means anything but it just feel felt so overwhelmed that uh, you know you see a stream of people posting their stories and everything you just lost on that and you forget to create your own art yeah I completely agree it's just constant information being put at you and I spend so much time appreciating what everyone else does or just yes. taking in what everyone else does that I just don't bother to take that time for myself because I'm constantly just digesting information from and yeah it's like information from reddit information from and it's maybe it's because because like we said in the beginning of the episode like life is just going so fast for us Mm -hmm. like we start at monday and we end at friday you know and it's like then it's weekend time and that's like the only time we get to ourselves and even in that time we don't stop to smell the roses we're just catching up yeah. on all the shit that we didn't have time to do before. It is, it is. And there was this quote in her article which like really uh, made me take notice. And uh, it's uh, it's by Annie uh, Dillard. And uh, it says, um, how you spend your day is how you will spend your lives. And I was like, whoa, okay, something needs to change then. How you spend your day is how you spend your life. What Does that make you stop and really think about how you've been spending your days then? Like, what am I doing with my time? Every day it just blends into the other. And that is essentially what we're doing. We're reading, you know, going down. It's like a hamster in a wheel. Unless we make a conscious effort to pull ourselves out of that routine, um, something needs to be drastic to change how... Because we don't want continue with this that's why we're complaining and feeling not happy with the way our day is going is because we want change to happen and um, that's why I that really made me take notice and you described about how um, you know we are so um, 
you know, we give everything attention. Like you said, we would just go and spend like an hour or two hours on Reddit or Instagram. And mm-hmm. we, we don't realize that our uh, attention is of so much value. And in fact, marketers pay for our attention. That's why... Oh, they totally do. Advertisers do so much research yeah. into this. You know, one of the things, Papu, that I did when I first moved to Vancouver was I lived in downtown. Mm-hmm. And the amount of information that is coming at me when you live downtown too, you know, like stores and shops and, and vendors and there's so much information every, everywhere. And then I moved to the suburbs and it's just nature. <laughs> and I instantly like felt more awake, you know, like yeah. I felt like I was able to suddenly absorb the world and I was like, wow, look at the trees. Look yeah. at the sky. Whereas before it was like, oh, wow, look at that sushi for only $3. Let's go in there. You know, <laughs> it's like, exactly. Yeah. It's like such. Inf- and it, then if I'm on the bus, then I would be just on my phone, you know, instead of like maybe looking around or I'd have my headphones on just shoving it with some kind of music because I don't want to hear the yeah. sounds of the city. Like, so it's never like stopping to. We want to uh, make, we want everything to be uh, all this information that is coming our way. We want to like pack it into every moment that we have free like you said even if you're going for a walk you you don't want to be you have something on in the background it's either music you because you're like okay i need to be updated on all of these things i need to listen to the la- latest episode or i'm gonna miss it but um, you know the idea is to kind of commune with nature so um essentially what i wanted to talk about on this episode is how we can lessen the load of information that we are bombarded, uh, our brain is bombarded with. And uh, we are going to talk about being more present in our surroundings. So it's more about listening and not just hearing, reading and not skimming. Exactly, exactly, Papu. Skimming. I'm a freaking skimming what's the word? I don't want to say skimming whore, but I skim all the time when I read. I can't stop skimming. And I I don't know what that's about. You're right. It's because I feel sometimes there's so much information. Like it'll be a news article, right? Like a clickbait. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, what is this? Clickbait. And then Click. I'm just like, oh, Justin Bieber, blah, 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 showed the finger, blah. Okay, fine. Next information. You know, and it's like, oh, wow, another rape in India. Cool. Next one. You know, gun yeah. shootings. And it's like just information, information, information. But what do we yeah. do then? Like how does one completely shut their mind out like this is a form of meditation right like completely like how do you how do you not reach for your phone I'm so addicted to my phone Papu I can't not have my phone that is so unhealthy yeah it is about uh, uh, shutting down a certain reptilian part of your brain and recognizing that what is that about though we have talked about like the fact that we are constantly bombarded with information fine so we are bombarded with it but what about the times where we choose to be bombarded with it like with our phone what is that about why do we constantly need information to feel okay like other than the FOMO feeling is that all it Mm -hmm. is is it just that we feel like we're going to be left behind or is there something else there there is i I definitely think that it has something to do with this very um um like i said a very basic and reptilian part of your brain that uh, drives you to um click on these articles or let's say fomo is one thing and um i think I, i think that's if i were to get rid of that feeling that okay I can just live 
uh, another day without knowing what's happening in the celebrity's life. I think life. for me is sometimes when I'm constantly shoving information down my brain, it's because when I actually stop, for me at least, when I stop moving, I freak out. Because when yeah. I stop taking information, suddenly thoughts from my past will appear in my head where I'll okay. have like a cringe attack where I'll be like, oh, my God, oh. I remember that one time when I was 12 years old and <laughs> on accident, I ended up like, you know, tripping this girl by mistake. And I'm so mortified <laughs> by that, you know, and I feel like that is for me why I shove my brain with so much information, because the moment I stop, <laughs> I freak out. And this is something that I have to learn. I have to learn to stop absorbing information and learn how to block those cringe attacks too. And I'm sure a lot of people go through that. It's like the moment yeah. you stop you stop putting in information, you start to feel more alone. I think one of the first uh, videos that I had watched of Dan is not on fire was about uh, cringe attacks. <gasps> cringe attacks. Yeah, Dan is not on fire is a YouTuber that Papu and I both watch. He's this very sweet little chicken agora boy from the UK. Now he's all grown up, right? What, he still looks like he's 12 years old. It's just like, ugh. yeah. But um, so he talks about something called cringe attacks where um, I'm sure every single one of us goes through where you know you're just sitting right or, or you're sleeping in bed and uh, you're about to go to bed and then suddenly you have a memory of this guy that basically you know dumped you or some weird interaction you guys had and you relive that moment right yeah and that yeah. happens to me that happens to me and whenever that happens I'll immediately just grab my phone and I'll go on reddit and I'll be like fill it up with useless information useless information oh my god because if I don't fill it up with useless information I start to fill it up with negative thoughts like oh my god mm -hmm. I was such a loser in that moment oh my god like I can't believe mm -hmm. I did that I can't yeah. believe I behaved that way that's interesting like I'd never thought of it that way is that the reason why we we seek it out is one is to um obviously foremost there a second is to stop the cringe attacks and the third is because we're afraid of being lonely and I mean, I think that's I think that's a pretty valid thing, Papu. Do you not feel that sometimes? Like when you're yeah. kind of just randomly like browsing through Instagram, it's like also a way to feel connected because I think we're in a mm. time and place in society where we are pretty disconnected from each other, right? Like as as people, yeah. Ingrid goes west. Exactly, <laughs> right? You were we are all craving for this human connection that we're not able to get because we're so busy busy all the time working. Thanks, capitalism. And we just basically don't have time for ourselves, which is why we had the self-care episode. And now we're having mm -hmm. the consumption, information consumption episode, because we're constantly just trying to find ways to stop, breathe and connect. I have uh, basically a few tips to offer. It's uh, These are more about uh, connecting with yourself and with um, everything that you consume, um, information that you take in. So I think the first thing to do is, if you can, I think my advice would be, if you do live in a place like in downtown, I think that's great for in your 20s. But, but as you get older, moving to a quieter place, you have more time to reflect would be a big one. You know, mm -hmm. I moved to a much, much quieter part of town and it's just all I do now in my free time is I go for long walks because Vancouver is stunning. Like nature here is like orgasmic. So it's it's a nice way to stop and smell the roses. That way I don't my mind doesn't fill yeah. with negativity. It fills with, oh, my God, look at that tree. Oh, my God, look, there's birds in the tree. Yeah. You know, uh, so 
the first tip that I had was um, basically taking the idea that you've put about connecting with nature a little further because uh, just in case you do not have access to nature, you work in the middle of downtown, okay? And it's crazy outside everywhere. So this is a quick mindfulness exercise to ground yourself. Um, just Again, you know, you were talking about how when you were in downtown, there was, uh, you you see a lot of concrete, you don't really see a lot of nature around. Um, I came across this uh, really beautiful, um, you know, um, uh, it's a wordless comic called, uh, you know, Sidewalk Flowers by... John Arno Lawson and illustrator Sydney Smith and it basically tells a story of a little girl who is walking around the city with her father and while her father is busy on the phone she's curious and exploratory she's looking around and you know there there are illustrations of all the people that she sees and people walking their pets people having a fight people talking and you know she's enjoying the sights and sound of the big city it's beautifully illustrated and I think you would love it. Um, and so one of the things that she's doing is she sees uh, little, um, you know, cracks on the sidewalk and there are wildflowers growing. So she starts picking wildflowers on her way to home. And uh, I think it's a beautiful metaphor of how we can literally forget uh, to stop and smell the roses while life is uh, carried away, and, you know, just being carried away by life and everything around us. Um, so this mindfulness exercise is um, what it does. It moves our attention to in a specific way to help us free ourselves from automatic routines. So just like we spoke, um, every day feels the same. We've kind of set ourselves in an automatic routine. So if you find yourself in the middle of an automatic routine or you're just multitasking and things are just uh, vying for your attention, uh, try to step out of these routines by simply sitting down, allowing your attention to move in different ways. This can be, like you said, uh, taking a walk to a more nature you know part of the, the uh, of where you live and even or, if there's no nature even mm-hmm. if there's an artistic part of the city like there's there's pockets in the city here that are full of graffiti art on the walls yes. so if you That's, can even find these places where just somewhere that you can go and really just appreciate color or smells or something that your mind can just not feel like it needs to process but rather that it Mm. needs to dive into something and and you know go on a journey with it yeah so it could be you know any any part that you don't okay usually visit um it could also be just um you know if you I would say, in fact, even if you're browsing something or working on something and you feel like that's it, it's good to take a break and uh, browse on something which is totally unrelated. But at the same time, you have to be careful or or else you might find yourself in a black hole there again, going on celebrity websites or gossip websites. So it would be nice to step away from your computer and do a different kind of activity, which does not involve just reading screw the computer just throw it away no i'm joking just put the damn computer away yeah you know put that computer away um so other than like you know sitting down stopping to smell the roses going for a walk 
slow breathing, basically concentration. I think the mm-hmm. biggest word, you know, over here is just stopping to concentrate on something, focusing on something, right? Not having your mind mm-hmm. constantly wander like a f-ing pinball machine. So moving on to the next one, which I think you are going to like is, is learning to read without skimming. Yes. I'm very, yeah. very much a culprit of doing that. Uh, same here. Uh, to the, I've, you know, started skimming so much that I've kind of missed uh, so many things in a con- in the middle of a conversation. Um, I mean, uh, text conversation, that is, or emails where I end up asking and just making a boo of myself um, where it's clearly mentioned on an email. Um, the important part about this is try to learn to read fast. So try learning how to speed read, which is good. But skimming is wrong. Where what's the difference? I have no idea what's the difference between skimming and is, speed reading. Skimming is when you are reading just like the first three words and the last two words or something and figuring out the middle part. Uh, whereas speed reading is when you're reading the whole sentence out in your head so that you can get the meaning. So that is that is good. And yes, I've been uh, many that, in many situations where uh, Papu has been like, so did you read the article? And I'll be like, yes, so sad <laughs> about that dog. And she'll be like, what dog? And I'm like, the dog. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know. Anyway, yes, go on. I won't yeah. do that now. Speed reading is the way to go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And maybe even just picking up like one book and like just appreciating that one book for a while. That I know there's, is true. You know, there's people out there that read like four to five books at a time, which is great. I mean, if you're a sapiosexual, then go for it. But like maybe for those of us who are more of a skimmer, we should just really just do that do a practice of picking up a book and sticking to it. So, you know, in our I am guilty of reading two books at a time but that's fine because we all know you're a sapiosexual so it's perfectly okay i was talking about people like me (laughs) no for in my defense i do it because uh it's like uh, one book is more light reading like dessert Uh, maybe a sophie kinsella like uh, you know like shopaholic and baby kind of a book and and the other one one is the argumentative indian or something like that yeah yeah, something (laughs) like that you're like oh i can't i can't deal with this you know it's giving me a headache the argument I need some, you know, something light to read. So you always balance it out, at least for me. That book is a great, like, uh, thing for me to use to uh, put my laptop on to raise it. I... I, why did you buy the book? I didn't buy it. My dad and mom bought it because there's this one time that every damn Desi out there was talking about this exhausting book. And I, I read, like, the first page and I was like, nope. Folded it. And now I use it to keep my laptop... <laughs> raised thanks amartya sen <laughs> other than speed reading how else can we Im- appreciate information besides besides reading what other ways movie watching music listening yes so for any work of art that you are uh you know experiencing watching reading whatever uh it's good to add context so for example context is all about viewing any work of art that you're enjoying with a deeper understanding of its background so this can be um, a particular music that uh, this can be translated to for example listening to an entire album rather than just uh, one or two songs 
do so that you can have a better understanding of the artist right um, in this way you can you know add uh, more context and depth to uh, you can also you know if you're that inclined you can also read analysis of their work and um, that helps you i like that so for example if you're a fan of wes anderson like you like that one movie he did watch all his movies or if you like um you know david lynch don't just watch mulholland drive watch lost highway watch everything that he has done so you really learn about the artist and their vision rather than just i like horror movies or you know <laughs> i like watching scary crap so it's not just like mindless like i like gore or i like horror it's more just like i like this particular director in this genre because of the way he or she makes their movies right yeah yeah and when you said about mulholland drive let me tell you i watched the movie i didn't understand it you're not supposed to david lynch is incredibly dreamy and emo that's why my boyfriend and i love him he's he's very out there it's it's got this like la noir you know but it's incredibly yeah. it's like twin peaks it's like it's not supposed to make sense it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable david lynch's movies uh-huh. are about about making you feel a certain way while watching them you feel anxiety you feel like um fear a lot of times when you watch his movies and that's what he's trying to get into you there's this one oh. thing he did he did this one series of short movies that unless you're a fan of his you won't even know where the move the sh- the show just starts out with these people wearing bunny heads and they're just doing the simple thing of like ironing a piece of clothing and then suddenly the lights go off and from behind like satan appears <laughs> <laughs> So it's not supposed to make any sense and then they just go back to ironing after the lights come on like it's just supposed to make you feel at that moment his movies are about feeling the moment which i really love so if you're okay. into that kind of weird shit check out david lynch yeah i uh, what i felt i mean i can tell you that uh, the best the sexiest scene that i've ever seen in my life was in mulholland drive oh with where, naomi watts uh, and uh, the other chick yeah hey that, she had nice boobs i know right i mean <laughs> it was like oh my god it, i was like i i wish i could feel them too yeah so you know really appreciate that and it also with music like i am notorious for just picking up random bands like one song here one song there and then curating it together but when pappu said that I was like shit I should actually listen to all their work not just this one song right like I like to connect mm. to a particular sound because it makes me feel good but then I was like yeah let me explore their stuff so that was kind of cool yeah. I started doing that on Spotify now when I'm at work I just like listen to the whole album and then the albums before that So I started with Missy Elliott and now I'm working my way back and after Missy Elliott I'm going to go to Little Kim. Okay. We're going to go all through my feminist, you know, black woman oh. rap. It's going to be awesome. See so you. <laughs> were they like the first artists that, you know, I mean, this is people that we listened to when you were in college and when well, you were in school. Well, Little Kim is like before my time a little bit. She was much more she was like uh, with notorious BIG Biggie. So I have okay. always listened to one or two songs by little kim or one or two songs by missy elliot but i'm like listen these women are legends like i want to really learn about them little kim is so nasty she's all about like you know getting men to eat her out in every song <laughs> and missy elliot always sings sings about her thick waist you know thick thick i'm sexy and all that and it's great like i'm i'm enjoying the musicians like i've never enjoyed them before i feel like i'm connecting with them so it's really nice 
That's, That's really amazing. Cool. That's awesome. Thanks, Papu, for making me connect to my awesome music. What about you? Do you oh. have any musicians or movies or directors you're starting to explore or book writers? You know, now that you talk about music and when I was uh, working on this um, and um, where the author said, spoke about, you know, you should do something like this for music. And that got me thinking about some of the music that I... And both of us love, uh, one of them is Beyonce's album, Lemonade. And I remember when uh, we, you know, spoke at length when that episode, uh, when that album came out. Uh, In fact, it's, uh, for me, it reminds me of the time because that's when um, my breakup was like really fresh in my head. So uh, it really helped me cope with pain when I would listen to it and I would feel like a lot of her songs uh, kind of spoke to me, especially like this song, uh, you know, Hold Up, where Beyonce is walking down the street and, you know, just like smashing windows. And it's just her, her, you know, it was very cathartic of watching her just do that. Um, after some time, just recently, I came across an analysis of her album by Bell Hooks. And um, if you guys know Bell Hooks, we spoke about her in our previous episode. She is this African-American thinker and writer. And uh, she did an analysis and she wrote this thing about that, which which kind of made sense. And I'm going to read it out to you because um, this sounds best when just read in her words. Um, So, contrary to misguided notions of gender equality, women do not and will not seize power and create self-love and self-esteem through violent acts. Female violence is no more liberatory than male violence. And when violence is made to look sexy and eroticized, as in the lemonade, sexy dressed street scene, it does not serve to undercut the prevailing cultural sentiment that it is acceptable to use violence to reinforce domination, especially in relation between men and women. Violence does not create positive change. And she says that it is only as a black woman and all women resist patriarchal romanticization of domination in relationships can a healthy can can a healthy self-love emerge Uh, so just because beyonce is breaking down uh, windshields and uh, does not make it okay to uh, you know use violence in any way to it does not make it right even if you're using it against a man who has done you wrong, you know, you basically, you do not turn into them, which is beautiful, what she said. Well, that gave a work of art some context because I read about it. I absolutely love Bell Hooks. I'm so glad that you're exploring this again, Papu. And um, I hope that our listeners also take some time to stop and smell the roses. Thanks a lot, Papu, for suggesting this topic. Um, It feels nice. It feels nice for me to consume slowly. It really does. Mm. It feels like life is just moving so fast. And by forcing this kind of intervention, it's just doing wonders for my mental health. I love it. Thanks, Batch. I'm glad. So, All right, guys. So are we ready for the last segment? We're going to be having a wonderful artist on our episode um, Papu, who this? Who this? This somebody I selected, but who this? So it's Jesjot Singh Hans, 
And he is an artist that Sweetie selected. Jasjot Singh Hans is actually an artist out of Delhi. And I found him on Instagram and what really, really was like, oh my God, he needs to be on our show was his beautiful poster that he devoted to Goddess Sri Devi after her death. Uh, or actually, he think he painted that like right before her death. And we're very excited to have him on the show and we're going to have him just talk about his life, his journey and all that good stuff. So are we ready, yeah. Papu? Are we ready to call him? Let's do this. Let's do this. All right. Awesome. So, guys, finally, we have Jasjot Singh Hans on our show. So excited. Jasjot, thank you so much for interviewing with us. Oh, no, of course. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, you are the first guest with us for 2018, and we're so glad to have you. And yeah, thank you for doing this. That That is very exciting. Yes. What really made us fall in love with you, I think, was the Sri Devi illustration you did recently. That so Papu and I were completely traumatized by the whole thing yeah. after her death, and then you made that poster, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. oh my god!" <laughs> I completely captured her essence. So uh, we were just like, "Oh my god, we have to have him on the show." So that was amazing, guys. If you haven't checked it out, you must check out his work. Uh, but we'll give more information on that at the end of uh, this interview. So just show, so what we want to do is we want to talk to you about your life. We want to talk to you about your journey. Your you're a Delhi boy who's now living in Baltimore, US of A, which is a crazy, crazy move. What two big ass yeah. crazy cities. So um, yes. I want you to tell us about your artistic journey and uh, basically uh-huh. all of that. So let's start with a young Jasjot Singh sitting by himself at yes. 10 years old, uh, this sensitive artist. And uh, tell us how it all started. <laughs> Go from there. Yeah, I, I was quite the sensitive artist, I think. Uh, but yeah, uh, my mom's from Lucknow. My dad's from Delhi. So I was born in Lucknow, uh, where my nani lives. I grew up in Delhi. My experience with Lucknowy people is my first best friend was Lucknowy. And when I visited her house, uh, it was amazing how they spoke at home. You know, they always said, aap, aap. even like the parents would address the kids as aap. Uh, very respectful. So I found that amazing. Like I'd never seen that in my household. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, Lucknow's got that. Lucknow's got its charm. It's beautiful. I love, I love Lucknow. But yeah, so I mean, I grew up in Delhi. I always was drawing, I guess. Um, you were like, I have all these feelings that I must ex- express. <laughs> I, I completely guess, relate. Yeah, I, I completely so relate. <laughs> so many feelings. Um, so so yeah, I feel like I was always drawing, and it was just something that I was naturally drawn to. My dad was uh, a sports person, so oh, growing up, he was. He was always into cricket. Okay. So my grandfather was in the army. Then my dad kind of, when he said he wanted to play cricket professionally, my grandfather was like, well, what the hell do you know? Like, go back to study. And my dad ended up becoming a cricketer and being pretty successful. Um, so I feel like when, so I feel like when it came to like me sitting with my sketchbooks, um, he was pretty open. He was always very encouraging. Um, mm. And both my parents actually 
were super supportive in terms of letting me do what I wanted to do. That is, is amazing for an artistic uh, kid to have that. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, looking back at it, I feel like yeah. it was pretty cool. But it was also, I mean, now that I think of it, it's like, I couldn't have done anything else, honestly. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was, but I'm, I'm glad they let me do what I wanted to do. So I ended up, um, after I finished school, I mean, I did science because I love science, like like all good sons at the prospect of eventually becoming an engineer. <laughs> right. um, but I ended up going to NID, which is a really good school in India, National Institute of Design. It's in Ahmedabad in Gujarat. Um, so I went there and studied animation for my undergrad. Oh my God, I've also studied animation. Sorry, I feel so connected to you right now. <laughs> Sorry, come on. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Animation, animation forever, even though I don't animate anymore at all. <laughs> I don't animate either. It's super hard, but I, I love yeah. illustration. But it's so fun that you, you and yep. I kind of... I, I'm sorry. I uh-huh. just feel as cool as yeah. you right now. That's all. So go on, please. <laughs> hey, no, no problem. <laughs> but yeah, so after I graduated from NID, I was working as an... I just found it really like tedious and not so lucrative in terms of the kind of work that was happening in India. So I ended up doing more illustration-focused work. And I was already kind of meddling with some professional illustration while I was studying. So uh, it only felt natural to be able to get a lot of different kinds of work in a fairly short amount of time, Mm -hmm. which was possible with illustration, not so much with animation. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I did that for for a while. And then I started working at I don't know if you guys know Sabya Sachi uh, in Calcutta. Oh, do we, oh, know? Do we know Sabya Sachi <laughs> and Sweetie? <laughs> it's every girl's dream. Every girl's every girl has a secret Pinterest board which is filled with Sabya Sachi like inspiration. It's like when for that. <laughs> yeah, he's he's so, like yeah. really blown out. He's got his social oh, media yeah. game on. Oh, he's we have like there's like there's like yeah. white girls out there wanting to wear his stuff. It's that hardcore. You always know when the white people come <laughs> when you've made it. Yeah, I feel like he's got a better sense of where his audience is now. But um, mm. yeah, I mean, so I I worked with him for a year as. I was literally just there, like, sitting, drawing from morning to night. And we both were there. We both loved what we both did. But we had no idea what to do with each other. Wait, 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 so, wait. Hang on a sec. You and Sabia Sachi? Yes. Oh my, you, I like how you just in casually Sanjuru? said that in conversation. Like, we were just exploring. And, like, and I'm like, wait, wait, what? You were in his no, greatness? No, it was super wow. weird. Because uh, it. he was just like, hey, so I want you to work on my website and... In my head, I was just like, I have no idea how to design a website. I have no idea. I've never done this. I will probably not know this in the next couple of months. But I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Like, I'll do whatever. Like, I'll come. So next thing I know is I'm in Calcutta and I'm in his office and he's looking at my work and he seemed really happy. And I was like completely dumbfounded. I was like, this feels so strange. Surreal. Yeah. And then it took like a year for us to realized we had not really figured out why I was there in the office okay. or that my work was like fairly vestigial to the kind of work that he was putting out um, in terms of like a fashion design studio setup. Um, hmm. So yeah, I mean, I, I did a lot of work for them. I did all their internal collateral. I did uh, some graphic design. I did some like 
post production for some of their photography shoots um but yeah i mean after a year i i left calcutta i was also just in a in not the best kind of state of mind because i was living alone in calcutta and i didn't know many people um mm. so yeah it it wasn't so good for me personally but um yeah so i moved back to delhi and started focusing on myself and my work and um uh, continued freelancing uh which i found like great momentum nice. in and over the next couple of years um it just kind of worked out like i found amazing friends who led me to other people who led to bigger jobs and it got me to develop like a much more steady freelance career which seems really ironic because when is freelance ever like steady i know um, it's hard oh my god i've tried to do freelance but, but just with your <laughs> i mean your skill and your voice is so so strong so i can completely see why you were successful so that's that's awesome so then so this was in india itself yeah. you were freelancing and you're still yes. able to just uh-huh. blow up and then and then yeah but it, it, i mean it took a lot of time and a lot of effort um like it was just relentless work project after project after like another free project <laughs> you know mm. um and then once i kind of got to a point where i felt like i was becoming quite stagnant in my work i felt like it was time to maybe study more uh move abroad start looking at schools outside of the country and apply for an mfa program dude um, you have an mfa yeah that's that's why i moved to baltimore Damn. Okay, MFA is like what is an MFA? MFA is like sorry, is I like feel like he's full on has a master of fine arts. That's like next level shit. I have only a BFA because <laughs> wow. uh, I did not want to. Right now feels like nothing because I have no job. But... <laughs> Boo, you don't need a job. You're doing fine. Shit. No, this is amazing. Yeah. So wow, yeah. you have an MFA. That is like that's well. That means you can teach in the US too if you have an MFA. Yeah. So I I moved to. Baltimore to get my MFA at MICA which is Maryland Institute College of Art which is in Baltimore it's one of the best schools in the country and they were also really nice they gave me like a really good like scholarship amount you know I was like still paying through like every living pore of my body but um and yeah mostly my parents were supporting me through it um but yeah that scholarship really helped and I was able to move here when did you get to baltimore though what year did you move to the us uh i moved in 2015 oh, okay. end of all August. right okay very cool so yeah. so not too long so ago. are you still doing your mfa or are you done now okay no no i'm done uh yeah so i graduated last year in may congratulations congratulations thank you, thank you. we didn't have a choice they kicked us out but <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> but yeah no it's so yeah we graduated and so what happens is um i don't know if you guys are familiar with it but uh after you graduate in the united states they give yeah. you like one year's period o- of time opt so, optional is, practical uh, training yes. yeah i did that yes so yes so i'm technically on it right now okay uh where you get like a work permit on a student visa for a year before you can go back to where you came from or within that period you could apply for a different visa status to be able to stay and work. So that's what I'm going to do now. So are you thinking that you want to settle in the USA now? You don't want to head back to India? Do you find more opportunity in um, Baltimore? There is definitely more opportunity not so much in Baltimore but just in the states in yeah, general. Yeah. 
there's also just pay. a lot more freedom for like queer people a lot more independence and respect for like illustrators i, I agree um, uh, that doesn't quite exist in india i worked in bangalore for a while and it was like a sweatshop and when you come to the to north america it's more like uh, yeah. uh you know like here we are really appreciative of the work you're doing and you're like wow this doesn't feel like exploitation yeah yeah well you know um last year we had interviewed uh, param sahib you know he's a designer and oh yeah um, of course i know you param. guys are bffs my god you're both in delhi god damn it. we're not bffs but i, I really like him he's really cool yeah so exactly like he, some of his illustrations are kind of very racy so he told us about how he got into so much trouble and he had to apologize because these guys would uh, kind of pick it outside his store he was losing business and uh, so people have really uh, real world consequences for their art like so yeah like you said you know in india you cannot uh, express opinion other than like mainstream hetero religion yeah i do feel so. like you kind of have to filter it out based on like because so much of like illustration is like action reaction kind of so you have to see yeah. what you're putting out and what the reaction is and kind of gauge what the next thing you need to put out and that's just called being like careful i'm not saying you have to like dilute your opinion or anything but just put it in a mm-hmm. way slide it in so that because i mean sure people who are going to hate will haters going to find hate. a reason to yes will find a reason and but there's there's a way to find a nuanced way to put what you want forth without without making it too mm-hmm. in your face but i mean that's that's param i love param for what he does and hats off to him is he's super cool yeah uh, you know uh, what i see in your illustrations is like uh, you have the sense of fashion like it's like you are appreciative of fashion and uh, the fun way in which you can use fashion to show your individuality and which you show in a lot of your different styles and i think you've also collaborated with some uh, design houses and right now you were saying that you started off with sabasachi uh, so how much does fashion like influence you and what are you know uh, designers that you kind of admire or yeah tell us something about how fashion features i don't know yeah. i feel like i've always been interested in fashion my mom when we were kids she would always get like cosmopolitan you know we were not supposed to flip through it at that time mm-hmm. but um um yeah she get like cosmo she get l l magazine mm-hmm. um so all of these like fashion magazines that we were introduced to like when we were fairly young um and we would flip through them and I mean it was super exciting for me to look at a whole mm. bunch of fashion just looking at editorials and ad campaigns and like different collaborations that people were doing at the time uh was something that interested me and I didn't quite know how it would manifest itself in my work later uh but it really mm. came back towards the end of my undergrad at NID um I feel like I was so i started doing a lot of like self initiated like fashion illustration work um mm-hmm. but i was also just like going out of my way to try and look at fashion designers and look at their current collections mm-hmm. and just trying to make like illustration work around it um which led me to meeting one of my now uh extremely close friends uh surubhi chauhan she runs 
a PR agency at the time. She was uh, writing a fashion column for Hindustan Times, for HD City. Okay. Um, and she had her own fashion blog. Uh, so she wanted, so she would get passes to go to Fashion Week. And she was like, hey, so I want to do something with you. And we both collaborated on a project. And one of those illustrations was of Sabya Sachi's collection, which is what he ended up seeing. And then ended up calling me for the job. So it was all sort of be, mm. it was all thanks to her, essentially. Um, and then after that worked out, I feel like while I was at Sabesachi, obviously I built like a lot many more contacts with like mm-hmm. PR agencies and fashion houses. I mean, they, they all saw me in the office, so they recognized me. Uh, and I was the one contacting them for ad spaces and graphic requests. So... So it really worked out. So I want to know, I want you to talk more about your art um, now, Just Jyot. I want you to tell us about uh, your sketchbook uh, characters. Uh, I noticed a lot of your stuff is very moody. It's very like um, dreamy, not moody in a bad way, but moody like um, it, it has this dreamy kind of lyrical quality to it. And a lot of the times I notice that on your Instagram, you have this woman that you draw um, that is slightly bigger with this beautiful long flowing hair. And oh my God, I love it. I love I can't get enough of her. Can you tell us more about this um, person that you draw in your art? And please, our listeners, you must, must go check this out because it's absolutely beautiful. Um, you want to, can you tell us more about this um, that you tend to gravitate towards? and want to draw so much? Uh-huh. Um, I feel like a lot of it just uh, stemmed from my own body image. Uh, and I've always had issues with dealing with body image issues, always being bigger and not feeling so attractive. So I feel like these characters are my way of projecting something that felt like, well, flawed for most people, but also extremely like, unapologetic and in control of their own body. Um, so in a way, I let I let these characters kind of be what I feel like I lacked, if that makes any sense. Um, mm. And so, yeah, that that's kind of... Where, and it took me a long time to figure that out as well uh, because I was drawing these women for a long time and I had no idea why this character kind of stuck. And in my head, I feel like every time I draw the woman, even though it might seem like the same person, they're all different women, but they all kind of belong in the same world. But yeah, that was that was kind of how it started. So it was my way of, I guess, like giving myself power and also in some way, not realizing it at the time, giving a lot of other people power. So I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at your website now and I'm seeing the clients you have, Boo. You got like Google, you got like Vogue. <laughs> so tell us about this. Like you've worked with some huge clients. So do they contact you? Are you just, are you just there to? How do how no, do people find I beg you? I for work all the time. <laughs> like these are huge clients, <laughs> though. Like you are incredible. Like so, I want to know, like in terms oh, of your you. clientele and your artistic journey, like what's next for you? So you've worked with so many big people. Are we? hoping to see a comic one day? Are we hoping to see an animation? Like, I would love to see a, a moving um, animated story of yeah. the girls that you draw and the work that you do. Is is anything new uh-huh. up in the horizon for you? That would actually be really cool now that I'm thinking of it. But then I also keep thinking, being an animation student and knowing how much work that is, I'm just like immediately turned that's off why by you go to what that's going to be. <laughs> outsource to India. <laughs> Sorry. 
So what's next for you though? Tell us like what 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 is the journey for Just Jot Singh Hans next? It's just continuing to work and to grow as an artist. I feel like that never stops. I still feel like I've not done much. Like there's still so much to do and so many more clients and so many more art directors to know and so many um dream projects um that I would want to do. So and I'm like nowhere close to uh getting there nowhere close to even like my full potential in terms of what i feel i can do as an illustrator um yeah i never want to mm. be complacent about the work that i do it's like a journey not a destination that i we keep quoting that I, I, that sounds so cheesy but it's that's so the quote of the year <laughs> damn it 2018 <laughs> um so would you at all be comfortable um telling us about your artistic journey as a queer desi artist if that's comfortable um, with you no, of yeah course. we just wanted to know yeah. what that's like and you know what uh, you hope to achieve through your art if there's anything you want to talk about do you tend to work a uh-huh. lot with uh, the queer community so so tell us about that what what it ha- what has it been like um i feel like uh i mean i've always known i was gay um for the most part and i always wanted to do some personal work but while i was in india i feel like i was too close I, like i couldn't step back from my context and be able to think of it objectively and make work around it so when i moved to baltimore is when i felt like a lot more comfortable trying to and i was still drawing like nude people while i was in india but none so explicitly as and I, i mean i was out to all all of my friends i was out to my parents um so it it should have been easy for me to do that kind of work but i knew i wanted to do some like personal narrative in and around like comics and just be able to like let everyone know but also be able to make more confidently queer work um so when i moved to baltimore i started doing a lot more personal projects um and a lot of my work here was looking inward so my thesis was i don't i mean it never i never professionally printed it and put it out but i did work on like, like a personal narrative comic um as part of my thesis which was in and around growing up growing up in india in my household coming out to my parents and what my relationship with my parents has been throughout uh which is still very tight and we're very close and we're extremely open to conversation um and that kind of gave me a lot of strength to be able to uh and i guess it was it was two ways because i made them more comfortable in my life as a queer person and that helped them acknowledge it more comfortably and they the comfort that they showed back to me was very like reassuring i guess and helped me make more work as a queer artist that's amazing um thank you for sharing that okay so now we're going to jump to some of the fun questions all right just jot um bollywood fan yes or no i assume yes uh not so much oh, no oh my dil okay wait are you are you hindi movies at least shri devi fan ali in the movies uh yeah yeah what is my favorite hindi movie 
Um, okay, off the top of your head, what is the one movie that you that you can just remember that gives you warm fuzzies inside? <laughs> that, that's what that's what Sweetie wants. Give it right to me, Diamond. Give it to her. <laughs> Golmal. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Sub Golmal. The old Golmal. The new Golmal is gross. No one should watch it. Please. It was horrid. Um, what about some of your favorite artists, actually? Can you tell us about that? Like, who is your favorite inspiration um, artistically? Um, Somebody you look up to? In terms of, I mean, stylistically, not so much. But, like, in terms of work he does. I really like this artist called James Jean. <gasps> James is, Jean. Oh, my God. He's amazing. Uh, yes. Sorry. He's a Taiwanese James artist uh, who does absolutely beautiful work. He's worked seamlessly in... Comics, fashion, illustration, fine art, and he continues to make beautiful work. He just made like, I just got his poster for Shape of Water, which I spent like a whole bunch of money on. We just talked about that early in the podcast. Fish f***ing, woohoo. We were just talked about that. Okay, I'm Googling this person because I'm not familiar with him. Sweetie is. No, James Jeans, you love him. I actually have his first sketchbook called Process Recess on my collection. Process Recess, yes. yes. I love that book. And now you can sell it for so much more money. I can? Yes, of course. <laughs> it's out of print. Oh, <laughs> well then. <laughs> I love how you guys are like bonding and this is amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, Papu, are you feeling replaced right now? Because I think just Joe, this is my new BFF. No, 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 no. I love listening. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one can take the place of Papu. No, I love it. Um, what about your favorite movie? <laughs> any of your favorite, like no Hindi movies, I guess. But what about any uh, other movie? That you're really, like, you love anything that came out from the Oscars that you were so happy? I mean, I like watching movies, but it's not my go-to thing. I'm more of, like, a music person. So tell us, music. Who's on your playlist right now? What's on my playlist right now? Uh, this woman called Kalala is on my playlist. She, I recently got to see her live in Philadelphia, and I, like, cried through half her concert. It was mm. so good. Okay. Anybody else on your list that you're... I was listening to Scissor a lot which is spelled S-Z-A. And um, I I really like Erica Badu. She's Baduism. really cool. She's amazing. Yeah. She was like... Yeah, I can, mm. I can listen to Erica Badu endlessly. Awesome. Well, this is great, Joshua. Thank you so, so much for being on our show. We were so excited to have you. You have no idea. And it was so wonderful Thank conversing you so with you. Yeah. So can you please tell our listeners, how can they find you online? What's your website, your social media handles, everything? Yes. So it's on, on social media, on Instagram, I'm just Jyot, just Jyot. It's just my name twice over. J-A-S-J-Y-O-T, J-A-S-J-Y-O-T. Um, same for my website. It's just Jyot, just Jyot.com. And... I don't use my Twitter, but I'm also just your, just your on Twitter. And uh, they can buy your stuff. Uh, I mean, uh, you sell all the, the the prints that you like on your, you see on your Instagram. Is 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 there a store in on your website also? Yeah, there's there should be a shop link right at the end of the top bar on my website, which should okay. lead you to the online shop right if you go to his website right there you can click on shop all the way on the right and i know that because last night i bought a print betches i, got I saw thank you so much still screen prints limited <laughs> edition i showed it to my boyfriend too and he was like holy f- 
fuck, that is amazing. I'm like, yeah, I know, right, bitch? It's going to be on our wall. I'm going to fucking frame that shit. <laughs> and they'll send you a photo. I'm so excited. Hey, I had to, like, I'm decide. I was. for you. I, thank you. I have to I have to get one of your original doilies as well. That's one of them. I, I Next month, I'll save up a little more and get more. But I'm, I'm so excited. And if you don't like any that are on there already, we'll make one for you. Oh, <laughs> I would love to have even a freaking doodle from you. If you just draw like a cat on a napkin, I'll freaking frame that shit. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, absolutely. And we are so looking forward to, you know, following you on your artistic journey and seeing where it takes you. And please, our listeners, yeah. if you aren't fans yet, I know that you will be. Please, please follow Just Shoth online. He's amazing, as you guys can tell. So we really look forward to seeing more from you, Joshua. Thank you for giving us your time today. Thank you so much. You all have a beautiful day. Thank you. you too. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Oh my God, Papu, isn't that just so amazing? Isn't he freaking the most amazing? He is so adorable. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry for um, <laughs> insinuating that I would replace you. You know, I could never do that. I will. That will never happen. Oh, no, no, no. I know that. I know that. They always come back. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, I can't get enough of you. No, seriously. I just want to be part of his entourage, just like in the background. No, for me, no. I loved. Uh, <laughs> you know, just seeing you guys. Uh, uh, just you know just have that rapport and talk about things it was it was nice to watch that from the sidelines and see that beautiful friendship also it's fun to yeah. meet other desi artists that like the same artists you like yeah. and you know and it's the kind of yeah. his journey of being a very sensitive artist that was in india and you know his parents were supportive it's yeah. just it's so nice and it's also for me it's relatable so i love it um so mm. uh wow i can't wait to see what more he can do and so you guys you heard his social media handles you know his website buy his shit yo yeah support him support the artist damn it so yeah that's it for us guys and thanks for listening so we will be seeing you in april right papu i think this was our last episode yep this is it happy goody parva everybody what is goody parva this is maharashtra new year i feel like i must uh, announce it you know being maharashtrian and everything so happy goody parva to everybody uh, that is maharashtrian or lives in bombay and celebrates as well or i mean lives in maharashtra and celebrates as well so yay happy goody parva thanks man thanks Okay. And um, so before we end, just a shout out to all our amazing listeners. Uh, thank you, Varsha, for sharing your pictures of Chuski pop art on your wall and for tweeting. Thank you for making my living room so beautiful. Uh, we just love seeing the pictures and thank you for supporting us. And, you know, yeah, for supporting us. Thanks to all our listeners who are constantly engaging with us all the time. And we just really wanted to I share know. some of the funny tweets and messages that we get from a lot of you. Um, so yeah, Varsha, yeah. thank you for supporting us with, you know, buying the art. It, you don't realize how much it helps. And also a shout out to Twitter user at Bhakshabnam for tweeting, Chuski Pop self-love episode had me crying on the bus. Oh, <laughs> thank you. And Twitter user Anar for tweeting probably our favorite tweet of all. The Chuski Pop women are so vile. It's excellent. You know what? We should frame that. 
Oh no, we should talk, we should totally frame that. I love it. I was like because this is like the exact kind of response I wanted from people. Vile, yes, please. Um, and thank you, Neha, on Twitter for saying this is the best thing I stumbled on the internet. Yeah. Thanks, Neha. And you know what? I love these little blurbs. It's like blurbs you can add on your if uh, on your uh, you know if we had a book or something. Uh, one day, stuff like that. Definitely, one day we'll put it in our uh, in our future book of awesomeness. <laughs> Um, and of course, let's not forget Samin on Twitter. We have long Twitter conversations with you all the time. So thank you so, so much for engaging with us. Um, so yeah, please, guys, if you ever want to annoy us or bug us, we have all the time in the world for you. So please, please, please go ahead and engage with us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever you see fit. If there's any topics you guys want us to talk about, um, if there's any questions you need answered, we are here to answer them for you. So thank you again very much. So yeah. if you don't already follow us on all our social media handles, which we'll message, uh, we'll mention, of course, at the end. And yeah, that is it. Right, Papu? Any any yep. plans, darling? Oh, yeah, wait. You got a cake huh, for your birthday next week. Oh, yes. Papu's happy birthday cake. <laughs> I can't wait to uh, see my birthday cake. Uh, now, every year I order my birthday cake and I have this one specific home baker who makes it exactly as I dreamed it. I would send her reference images. So this year it's going to be a spring-inspired cake with beautiful flowers made out of buttercream so i'm really looking forward to it yeah Papu, i don't know how you're going to top it off each year i think next year you should just jump out of the cake i think that's the next level or <laughs> 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 or get like one of those really hot guys with those abs yeah yeah that would be nice really hot dude jumping out of the cake just for you happy birthday Papu! <laughs> i love it i love it excellent um, this is great, guys. So, Papu, yeah. please post on Instagram so all our listeners can also wish you, Yay, damn it. Yes, I will. All right. That's well, it from us. That's so it. So, we will see you all in April, which, by the way, is Dalit History Month. So, we are going to be yep. probably devote. Oh, no, we will be devoting one episode to just talking about the awesomeness of the Dalit community and everything that they've contributed. And I would really love to get somebody to talk on the show. So if any of our listeners um, know of anyone or can contribute to a conversation about this, please, please directly DM us. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. This is a long episode, so I think we should wrap up already. Yeah. Chalo. That's it. Okay. All Bye. Right. Papu, the other half of Chuski Bob. If you like what you hear, then give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Listen to us on your favorite podcast app anywhere in the world. And for just a donation of one US dollar a month, you can subscribe to us on Patreon and you can get access to exclusive offers, discount, uncensored episodes, and much more. And you can also read our rants and daily gans on chiskipop.com. Perfect, excellent, wonderful. Chalo, die. Hello. Aaj koi naya drama? ड्रामा 
Okay. 